Express that as the desire of your heart. Cry out to God, God, I wanna be a man. I wanna be a woman of your word. Help grow this appetite, grow this hunger in my heart so we can go directly to God to ask him to to make us what we know we need to be and we want to be and we know he wants us to be as well. Welcome to the Decision Point Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point, where our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the next generation until every student has heard. You know, and we've created this show to call a generation of young leaders to stand for Christ, to live for Christ, to witness for Christ, and to endure hardship for his name because we believe he's worth it. You know, and last week we talked about standing for Christ, and we talked specifically about standing for Christ by standing for the unborn whom he has made. And we were so blessed to have Scott Klusendorf, president of Life Training Institute, with us to help us with that. If you have not heard last week's episode, stop everything you're doing. Okay, we'll finish listening to this episode first, and then go back and listen to that episode with Scott. It will challenge you, and it will equip you to stand for Christ by standing for the unborn born whom he has created. Well, today we want to talk about living for Christ as people who are fed by God's word. Listen, we cannot do the mission that Christ has called us to on our own unless we're abiding in his word. And to help us with that, I'm so excited. We're joined by Rich Hung, a man who is all about God's word and is also our California director here at Decision Point. Rich, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to have you. Hey, pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me. Hey, tell everybody about yourself. You're you're chiming in all the way from Los Angeles, where you were born and raised. Give us a little of your background for a minute, would you? Yeah. Uh, grew up not too far from Disneyland in the city of Anaheim. Grew up in Surf City, Huntington Beach. And um, God's been gracious and good to me. Have been a believer since I was a senior in high school and can share a little bit more about that later. But Uh, Yeah, I'm married, have two kids, four, and my uh, child turns two, my youngest, two today. So uh, praise God for the two daughters that he's given to me. And uh, we just are so thankful for God's grace and goodness in our lives. That's amazing. Well, we're going to get into your story uh, quite a bit in today's episode. So thanks for coming on to share that. Uh, But I know we were talking, we want to get into the word just right out of the gate here. Joshua chapter one. I know it's a passage we've talked about together and taught together many times over the years where God is calling Joshua to a big mission, just like he's calling young people to today for big mission in their life. And, um, you know, he, he does something that maybe you wouldn't expect. You know, he, here's Joshua. He's a general. He's going to be leading the battle for the Lord to go take the land that God's given him to do. So, of course, God calls him to be strong and courageous. We, we can understand why he might do that. But then he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to it all that is written in it. And what an amazing thing, like here you're, you're giving instructions to a general before the battle and he's, God's telling him to have a Bible study, <laughs> you know, which is maybe not what we would expect. But of course, when we realize our battle's spiritual, 
oh my goodness, if we're going to be people who are focused on God's purposes, we're going to have to be people who are fed by God's word. So, I mean, Rich, I guess as you're thinking about it, whether it's just from Joshua 1 or just from your life or you're reading the Bible, why is it so important that we be leaders who are fed by God's word today? Yeah, I- for sure, 100%. This is a great verse, Mark. Uh, Joshua 1.8, memorize that. Uh, if you haven't already, it's a good one. But yeah, even in this context, it was critical for Joshua to be uh, a man of God's word. Uh, he was tasked, he was appointed to be the new leader after Moses had passed away and God's directly giving him this instruction to be in the word of God because he had a huge task as a leader Uh, appointed by the Lord to lead hundreds of thousands of people into the promised land. And I can't help but think of, you know, even the New Testament where Paul's writing to Timothy, also a young leader saying, hey, uh, the word of God is breathed out by him and it's profitable, right? For for teaching and for correction and um, reproof and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, you know, ready and fit for every good work. And so, If Joshua was going to lead people, God's people, into God's paths, into the place that God had ordained, he was going to need to know the word of God, be corrected by it, be reproved by it, to be equipped by it, to be strengthened by it. And it's no different for us today. We have to be in the word of God. We have to be feasting on the word of God. Uh, regularly eating spiritual meals from the word of God. Jesus said, right, man shall not live, quoting back in Deuteronomy, um, doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God comes from the mouth of the Lord. That's Matthew 4, 4 in quoting Deuteronomy. So the word of God is so critical, so important. It was the way of our Lord Jesus. And so it, it is to be the way for us too, as believers and leaders in Christ. Amen. I love that. I love um, how you, you're just a person who has the the Bible just coming out your pores. Like if you've ever spent time with Rich, I mean, you're around Rich, he's just got the Bible coming out his ears. But Rich, you weren't always like that. Uh, give us your story. How did you come to know the Lord? And then we want to get into then how did you get to be a person who developed the habit of being fed by God's word? But g- give us your story first. Yeah, I'll give you kind of the the quick abridged t- personal testimony of salvation testimony um, I'm, I'm half Korean, half Taiwanese, but my mom was the one who, who got saved and she was the one who took us to church, but it was always in one ear and out the other. Uh, long story short, my mom actually passed away from breast cancer, battling it for a decade, uh, and passed away when I was in eighth grade, right before I finished the eighth grade. So I get into high school and I just got, was totally lost, stopped going to church and just was hanging around people who were going to parties, got into smoking pot and drinking and all this stuff. Fast forward. I get arrested by an undercover cop at the age of 16. I was a junior in high school and I got arrested for possession of alcohol, um, marijuana, and a fake ID that I used to buy the alcohol with. And it was just a a dark, depressing season of my life as a young person. But God was gracious. He had a plan. He had a plan even before the foundations of the world for my life. And I would come to understand that plan and begin to see it unfold uh, as a senior in high school. And so I got saved as an 18-year-old. Actually, there was uh, some students who invited me from the Christian club to youth group, and God started speaking to me. It was the first time like ever that I felt like the Word of God was going in one ear, but actually was going down into my heart. It wasn't going out the other ear. And I was like, wow, God, I, 
I, I'm, I understand these things and I was hungry for more. And I, I would take myself, I'd drive myself to church every Wednesday for high school youth group and every Friday for college group, even though I wasn't even a college student. Yeah, you were sneaking and in anyway. on Sunday by myself, a small little church in downtown Huntington Beach. And that's where I would begin hearing the word of God and, and just developing um, and a hunger for it more and more. And then, yep, gave my life to Jesus that year and got baptized and, and the rest is history. But one of the things I love to share with people is this verse that was on top of uh, kind of the pulpit in the, ch- in the chapel. And it's, it was a quote from Hebrews and it said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as a young person, that verse really ministered to me because I realized that, hey, you know, even human life comes and goes. And I experienced that with my mom. I experienced, you know, the things of this world, whether it was parties or alcohol or or getting high, you know, these things, one one day you're going to, one second you're going to be high, the next day you're going to be low. One day you're going to be here, one day you're going you're gonna to be gone. And so I, where else do I look, Lord? And, and God was showing me that in, in, in him, in Jesus, is one who will never, never leave. Uh, he's always the same. The scripture describes Jesus as a rock uh, who, who's everlasting. And so uh, as a young person, I, I found my hope, my anchor, my security, my, my source of life and joy, forgiveness for my sins, everything through what God has done for me through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which we also call the gospel. <laughs> Amen. That's great, Rich. So, okay, help us know you, I mean, you started getting into that even just then, how you got saved, but take us from getting saved to how you developed the habit and the even the joy of being a leader who's just fed by God's word or to even just put it simple, like how did you develop the, the habit and love for reading your Bible every day? Yeah, I'll share a couple, maybe pivot moments. Maybe I'll call it that. So You would call them uh, pivot moments. You're a, you're a basketball getting, player. When God saved me as a senior in high school, uh, I was just having flashbacks of when my mom was still around. And I remember I had these memories of her of just being on her hands, hands and knees with the Bible open and reading the Word of God and having journals and journals of just notes. And uh, mind you, it was all in Korean, so I don't know what she was writing, but I knew that she was reading the Word um, she even had these like memory cards in, in her car that she kept um, that I knew she was reading the God's, God's word. So that was an influence, just the model and the example that she had. God used that. Uh, when I got saved, like I shared before, I was just hearing a lot of God's word preached through sermons and messages. I wasn't really studying God's word for myself, but I was beginning to delight in the Lord. God's word was ministering to me. God's word was encouraging me and strengthening me. Uh, and then actually when my freshman year of college, so the next year after I got saved, that's when I started really reading the word of God myself. It was after the Passion of the Christ movie came out. And one of these girls, after we watched the movies, she was one of our hallmates in the dorms. And she said, oh, that was a pretty good depiction of the gospels. And I said, what are the gospels? I'm a new believer, <laughs> mind you. I don't know that the gospels are also referred to as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so I said, wow, I need to read those. And so I got my own first Bible, full Bible, NIV study Bible. And I said, you know, I need to read those. And it was actually reading, starting with Matthew. And I started journaling what I was reading that I was just blown away. I just couldn't keep my mouth shut to my roommate that freshman year. 
Hey, Tim, have you read this? This is amazing. Look at what Jesus says. He says, come follow me. And he says this to fishermen, mind you, and I will make you fishers of men. And I was just tripping out just how, you know, <laughs> how clever and how um, just the ways that Jesus was putting things. This Jesus guy knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? Yeah, he knows what he's exactly, exactly. And so upon finishing Matthew, this was a prayer. I don't know if I prayed with my mouth or in my heart, but it was this prayer that I prayed that, that I remember, God, I just want to be a missionary. I just want to, I just want to see just more people need to know. Uh, who you are. And not too long after I overheard some upperclassmen um, over at my university talk about a mission trip to China and God opened up a door there. And part of the preparation for that mission trip was memorizing scripture. We had to memorize like 12 to 24 different scriptures. um, And I just ate that up. And so that's where I started memorizing God's word. And I loved it. And that there was a pack, it was a series of verses and the whole pack was 60 verses. And I ended up you know, not because it was required, but because I wanted to, I memorized all 60. And uh, I, that just really began just developing this hunger, this, this uh, really experiencing the blessing of reading God's word, studying God's word, but also memorizing uh, and meditating on God's word. So um, yeah, then I made a commitment to, you know, I'm a Christian, I need to read the word of God. And so that that freshman or sophomore year, I decided you know, I'm going to read the Bible from cover to cover. I need to know the word of God. It took me two years. I was diligent to do it. And I made a commitment to just keep reading the Bible over and over and over again, cover to cover for as long as I live forever. So it's just kind of like an eternal commitment I've made. And uh, I definitely encourage you to do it too. If you're listening, Um, if you haven't read the word of God, you call yourself a Christian, you got to make that commitment today to read it cover to cover Genesis one, all the way to the end of Revelation. I love it. Well, we're going to talk more about that uh, after a quick break. So stay with us. We're going to hear more from Rich Hong about the value of reading the Bible and even memorizing the Bible in our lives today. Hey, it's Heather. Are you a Christian student? Do you want to make an impact for Jesus? Maybe looking around your school, you see your friends and classmates struggling and you want them to find hope in Jesus. But where to begin? What if you could not only give your friends the gospel, but your whole entire school? It's possible, and you don't have to do it alone. I wanna encourage you to join students across the nation in the Lead in Outreach Week Challenge. We've seen thousands of students lead outreach weeks on their campuses, most of the time in their auditorium or gym, during lunch or after school. And as a result, thousands and thousands of students have heard the gospel and many given their lives to Christ. So here's the challenge for you. Lead an outreach week at your school. Lead five days of prayer, promo, gospel events, and follow-up so that everyone at your school has the chance to meet Jesus. Now you might be wondering, is this even legal to have a big gospel event at my public school? Yes, it is. If it's an approved student-led event through the Christian Club, where attendance is optional for all students, you can proclaim the gospel all you want. I got to lead an outreach week in high school, and it was so great. Nothing was better than growing in my faith, teaming up with these Christians on campus together, really giving our whole school the chance to hear the gospel. I saw people come that I didn't even think wanted to hear the name of Jesus, but they listened, asked questions, and even some responded in faith. 
the spirit was moving. I remember passing out a flyer to a student, Martin, that day in the library, seeing him come three days in a row, asking questions about God. And later that week, he made a decision to accept Christ and even started coming to church with my family. There's nothing better than sharing the hope we have in Jesus and leaving the results to God. So if you wanna see an awakening to the love of Christ at your school, I wanna challenge you, take the Lead and Outreach Challenge on decisionpoint.org slash outreach. You'll get to go and get all you need to be encouraged, equipped, and empowered for this challenge. Go ahead and go to decisionpoint.org slash outreach. Well, welcome back. We're joined today by Rich Hung, Decision Point Director for California, uh, talking about the importance of reading the Bible, meditating on the Bible, and even memorizing the Bible. So, Rich, thanks for sharing your story of how the Lord got a hold of your life and then how he built your life uh, through the habit of reading the Bible and memorizing the Word. You started getting a little uh, a little pastoral there, which I love, and just in- exhorting and encouraging students today. So let's let's dive deeper into that. What would you say to a student who, yeah, they read the Bible sometimes and they go to church and they go to youth group, but maybe they haven't developed the discipline and the habit of reading the Bible for themselves every day? Yeah, absolutely. I think before we talk about developing maybe a, a daily habit of Bible reading, uh, we need, really need to understand uh, who God is to really then understand the purpose of our lives. And so if you don't know God's word, uh, you're not going to know the purpose of your life um, because we can only understand the purpose of our lives in light of really who God is. And we, we, we have a specific, clear revelation that God has given of himself through the word of God. And so one of the reasons to develop the daily habit of Bible reading is to really know God so that you can know the purpose of your life in light of eternity, but also for today, for everyday life. And so that's just kind of the big picture I just want to share first. But yeah, um, I would say, you know, it really starts with a commitment too. And, and not just a short-term commitment, but a long-term commitment. Make, make it a, this is a lifetime commitment. Um, I want to be a man or woman of the word of God. And, and that's so appropriate for a Christian, for a believer, for a follower of Jesus. Uh, be a student of the word. Uh, just be reading it all the days of your life. And again, like I just said, if you haven't read it cover to cover, do it. And, you know, even if it takes you two, three years, there's one year Bible reading plans. But, hey, maybe you need something to be a little bit more realistic, not as stressful. Um, hey, I read it cover to cover. It took me about two to three years. And that was awesome. And it could be just as awesome for you, too, and life changing for you as well. Yeah, I love it. My, you know, you talk about... Um the long-term perspective. My dad, when I was growing up, had a saying that used to just drive me crazy because it just seems so simple. He was like, you will be what you're now becoming. You know, like, thank you, dad, for that wonderful thought. You will be what you're now becoming. But you step back from that and you're like, well, dad, and dad, if you're listening, good point. You know, I mean, um, you will be what you're now becoming. I think it's it's encouraging to think where we want to end up. And I think probably Rich, you and I could both just swap notes all day long of godly men of God who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and you just look at them and you're around them and you think, oh, I want to be, I want to be like this guy. And they just know the Bible cover to cover. And you think, well, if I want to be that guy, I'd better start by maybe reading my Bible cover to cover for the first time. And I better start by putting in the habits in my life that will get me to where he is. Because if my habits aren't 
aiming in that direction, I'm, I'm never going to make it. Uh, but Rich, what would you say to some student that maybe they're trying and they're, they've made a commitment like that? They've made a commitment, whether it's to read the Bible cover to cover, or they've made a commitment to read the Bible every day, and it's getting hard. Uh, they've, maybe they've missed a day, maybe they've missed a week, maybe they've missed a month, or maybe they're, they're pushing through it, it's getting dry, and it's all the commitment and none of the, none of the sizzle. Um, what would you say to a, a student maybe in one of those spots? Yeah, I would share two things. The first thing I would share is exposure. And so my wife serves as a dietitian at a local hospital. And she tells me, you know, it takes about 20 or so exposures. Um, I don't know the exact number, but a lot of exposures to begin really developing um, a desire, um, a likability towards, you know, a new food. And we know there's a lot of good foods that maybe we don't like naturally. So I'll just name one. I, I like it a lot now. Uh, broccoli, uh, packed with nutrients galore. So good for you. It has more vitamin C than an orange. Fun fact. So, um, hey, you don't like broccoli, but you know it's good for you. Um, you don't feel like eating, but you know it's good for you. And so um, you start eating it, you know, over you, you expose yourself to it, you know, over 20 different times, you know, you're going to start liking it. Wow, it actually tastes really good. And now I enjoy it. And it's, I think in the same way, I would encourage you, if you're in a dry spell, give yourself more exposure to the word of God over kind of a long, unbroken period of time. Maybe it's, yeah, 20 days, maybe it's three weeks, 21 days straight and see how God is going to build your appetite. If you think you're just going to kind of Wow, I, I really hunger for the word of God right now just by reading it once and it doesn't happen. I think you got to set yourself up for um, more exposure. So I would encourage you to expose yourself um, to the word of God more and t- take it in regularly and just see your appetite grow. Uh, second, I would just say ask for help. Uh, first, I would say pray and pray this prayer. If you haven't prayed this prayer, pray this prayer. God, make me a man of your word. Or if you're, you're a lady, God, make me a woman of your word. It's that simple. God, I want and express that as the desire of your heart. Cry out to God, God, I want to be a man. I want to be a woman of your word. Help grow this appetite, grow this hunger in my heart. So we can go directly to God to ask him to, to make us what we know we need to be and we want to be and we know he wants us to be as well. Uh, the, the Lord wants to strengthen you and bless you and build your appetite for the word of God and see how he's going to answer as you walk in faith. You can also ask for help uh, from your parents who, are, who might be believers or uh, a youth leader, your, your pastor, your decision point coach, if you're a decision point student leader. Um, there's a lot of people there who would love to just hear that this is your desire. This might even encourage and challenge them in their Bible reading and uh, ask them to encourage you and see uh, just the body of Christ come together to encourage each other. So you can go directly to God. You can go to the other uh, people, men and women of faith in your life, in church, in family, and then also just expose yourself over long periods of time and see how God will grow and strengthen that appetite for his word. I love it. I, you know, one other thought always comes to my mind on this topic of that, that kind of dryness that somebody might experience, or I think everybody does when you read and you're like, okay, this is good Lord, but I, it, it didn't, it didn't just like, you know, I didn't feel like I got the word from the Lord from Mount Sinai today, you know, I mean, and, uh, I, I, John Piper said something one time and for, you know, everybody who knows John Piper's ministry, it seems like he's got like the direct download from God every single day. And he probably does. 
but he made some comment one time that so encouraged me. He's like, man, if you had to push through a year of just the discipline of the Bible reading, just to have one day where, I mean, it's like God spoke to you directly from his word that day. Wouldn't it be worth a whole year of perseverance just for that one encounter with God? And of course, it doesn't have to be just like one a year where you really feel like God's speaking to you. But even if it were that, wouldn't that be worth it? I thought, okay, good jo- good point, John. I'll keep pushing through and I'm not just feeling it every single day because if you keep going, God will meet us. Uh, but Rich, you, you've uh, talked about reading the Bible. You've also talked about memorizing the Bible. And I want to, in the remaining time we have, I want to press you on this one a little bit. How did you start memorizing the Bible, and why would you encourage students to develop that discipline as well? Yeah, I I think the first memory of memorizing the Word of God was the assignment that I was given um, on my first first overseas mission trip to to China, and uh, that's where I first got exposed to it and uh, just got hooked. (laughs) It was great because God was ministering to me. He was was, uh, strengthening me and encouraging me through it. I said, oh, this is and then I was seeing verses like the one that we quoted at the beginning, Joshua 1.8, right? Or Psalm 1. There's so many, um, Psalm 119, there's so many verses that talk about uh, hiding the word of God in our hearts, um, meditating on it, on it day and night, not letting it depart from our mouths, right? Um, so that we can be careful to do not just some, but but all of it. And so we really need to know the word of God. But that's where it got started. I would say for those who are um, thinking about doing it or why they should do it, you know, I think it's a great way to obey the Lord. There's nothing like having the word of God on your heart, on your mind, and then uh, humbling yourself and submitting to it. And, and and really, that's the place we want to be living under the lordship and leadership of Jesus Christ. It's a way to delight yourself in the Lord. Um, that's one of the reason, main reasons why I love memorizing the word of God and, and then meditating on, meditating on it, which really means thinking about it. And if we're all, all honest, all of us meditate on something. And for a believer, it's that's hey, a great word. What are you meditating on? You know, it. I think primarily it needs to be the Word of God because that's we need to be instructed and led by the Lord. So it's a way to obey the Lord. I would say delight in the Lord, um, and as we do that, I think you're going to experience blessing, uh, joy, uh, strength, and and really living and just more intimately with the Lord. Um, I think it's a great way practically to put your mind on things above when daily we, we live in these bodies and in this world and there's so much that's coming in at us, but it's a way to remember, like Paul said to the Colossians in chapter three, right? Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated, where at the right hand of God, right? The father. And uh, also, like I said before, it will just encourage you. So uh, if you're feeling discouraged, uh, be in God's word. Uh, meditate on it. A great way to meditate on it is memorizing it with memorizing it because then you can just take it with you wherever you go. It will be in your heart and it'll be ready to be something that you can share uh, right off your lips. You can use it to then encourage someone uh, with how it's encouraged, how God has encouraged you. So there's so many multiple, multiple uh, benefits, uh, not only to you, but uh God using you to be a benefit, a blessing to someone through the word of God as well. I love it. So, okay, well, then with that, Rich, let me press you. Um, What's something you've memorized lately and how has the Lord encouraged you through that passage? Yeah, there's uh, quite a few things. First Peter, I was able to memorize first Peter this year, which was a huge blessing, still kind of just going over a chapter a day about um, Psalm 15 is something I've memorized too. It's only... Uh, several verses, 
Um, but I love what it says. It says this uh, in verses one and two. It says, uh, O Lord, who shall, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? Verse two says this, he who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. That's really encouraged me even, you know, even talking about being in God's word, meditating on God's word. Uh, I need to remind myself daily, hey, is, is, is what I'm uh, talking to myself and things I'm thinking and meditating about, are they true? Are they lies, right? I need to be speaking truth in my own heart. And so God's just been reminding me of that. Um, so those are a couple things I've been memorizing and keeping in memory and meditating on. And I'm actually right now in the process of praying about uh, what book to memorize next. So I'm thinking maybe Galatians, maybe Second Peter, um, maybe the book of James. So I'm kind of in that process in prayer right now. Yeah. You are just plugging along. Um, I remember, thanks so much, Rich, for all that you've shared with us. I was at a decision point event with you earlier this year. We both had to do a mic check. I'm doing mic check one, two, three. Rich gets up and starts reciting First Peter for his mic check. I thought, oh, man. He's got me. I love it. <laughs> so, Rich, thanks for being here. Uh, hey, students, you heard it from Rich. Uh, read your Bible, eat your broccoli, and everything in between, right? Do all the things. So thanks for <laughs> being here, Rich. Uh, thanks for your example. Thanks for your leadership. Uh, as you were sharing about your mom, I hope you don't mind me saying, I think, man, I don't know when the Lord allows those who have already departed into glory uh, to get a glimpse of what happens after. But my goodness, wouldn't your mom be rejoicing and won't she be rejoicing to see all that God is doing through you and the man he's made you to become. So praise God for you. Um, hey, and guys, um, you got to check out in the show notes, we're going to put a message that Rich gave at our student leader conference this summer in Denver, Colorado. He called it, what did you call your message, Rich? Majoring in the Minas, M-I-N-A-S. Majoring and the minas. You're going to have to check it out. It's a powerful message. It'll encourage you as well. So look for that in the show notes. Hey, join us next week. We're going to be joined by Carl Blunt, the president and founder of The Life Book, that, who are helping give God's word on a massive scale all around the country. You're not going to want to miss that episode. In the meantime, make sure you have a follow and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, while you're there, would you leave us a review? Uh, would you write something about how this show is encouraging you to help other people find it? Uh, make sure to shoot us a note. Uh, it's something you'd love to see us cover on a future episode or just let us know how we can pray for you. You can write to us at podcast at decisionpoint.org. Uh, join us next week. In the meantime, let's keep being people who are fed by God's word as together we focused on his purposes for our lives today. We'll see you next time. <music>